Ultra. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers one minute at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. Joining us today are Andrew and Kestra Dorowski from Disney Animation Minute Essentials Podcast. Hello, guys. Hi. Hi. How are you? We're... Very pregnant. Yeah. I mean, Kestra's <laughs> doing most of that work, but... I, I um... feel like she's doing all of that work, technically. <laughs> I mean, technically, <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, this movie is a lot about carrying burdens of all kinds, and <laughs> Kestra knows a little bit about that right now. I thought you it were going to call her a burden on my no, 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 no. I was like, boo this man. No, not like that, no. But, but no, Kestra knows a little bit something, it's like, it's getting heavier every day, you know? <laughs> that whole experience well not just me but our baby as well yeah, like our the child the 10 month old that yeah. we also have is getting heavier every day <laughs> so <laughs> well today we're going to be talking about minute 136 which starts with do we have a name for that guy yet i i, I haven't looked it up <laughs> does he does he have a name at all like really he's I'm sure he's he just there to be faramir's lieutenant yeah faramir's right hand much older lieutenant um, I, I don't know. I dig it. Like, you, you need, like, an older person to, like, guide you. I don't know. He's probably only captain because he's... Anyway, we'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> so it starts with that guy saying, uh, out of Osgiliath, they pulled 500 men. And it ends with Frodo beginning to say, we are, and we get the, the rest of it tomorrow. <laughs> yep. They're what? We, we'll learn later. Okay. <laughs> they are the pirates who don't do anything, obviously. <laughs> okay, if there was, like, a Larry the Cucumber as Frodo carrying the ring <laughs> parody, like, a, a, a VeggieTales there, Lord of the Rings there's thing. There's kind of Lord of the Rings thing. I feel like I it's remember It's with Junior. This. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't, Lord of the Beans. I don't actually is. know that much yes. VeggieTales. Yes. I mean, yeah. it's sort of like, it makes me think of... There was a while where Sesame Street was doing, like, kind of, like, I don't know who they were targeted for, kind of hardcore parodies. And there was, like, a Hunger Games one with Cookie Monster as Katniss. And they had a pita puppet as pita. It was, like, it was like a piece of pita bread. But they had they had Cookie Monster dressed up as Katniss with, like, the brown jacket and the, the braid coming down over his shoulder. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. <laughs> And I like I don't remember why, but for a while Sesame Street was like doing movie parodies as like a bit on Sesame Street. Interesting. Because and it people was a our really, age have kids watching Sesame Street, so it was a really weird tone to it. I was like, Hunger Games, really? Like, isn't that a little dark for Sesame Street? <laughs> yeah, I would think so. Like, like what if like wouldn't Elmo die? Would Elmo be Rue in that case? Like, no, I don't... no. <laughs> Okay, enough of that yeah, sadness. Okay. <laughs> Hunger <laughs> Games spoilers. <laughs> Nobody's doing Hunger Games Minute right now. I think I thought there was one. 
Not that I'm aware of. But, I thought there was like I a mean, mother maybe and a son team doing that. Maybe they claimed it and haven't started. Uh, haven't maybe. released. I don't know. Mm. That we, we are part of a Facebook group where we see a lot of claims that don't always yes. pay out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That is that is 100% true. But yeah, man. It's just millennials have kids watching Sesame Street. So millennials <laughs> are watching Sesame Street. <laughs> um. So this map... Like, it's a great map. This is great map work, and I don't know if they're actually using the actor's hands to do all of this. They're not. We, we, uh, we talked about They're that hand models? They're, uh, they're just some other people on the set doing the, doing the hand thing. Okay. Because um, the, the scene of all the pointing at the map was filmed completely separately from the scene in the cave. Aha. It's a good-looking map. I do have to note, Isengard looks like a power button. <laughs> it does like the eye like a, cir- on a, a circle on a computer. Yeah, yeah like a circle yeah. with a line over the top it's uh-huh. like that looks like an on off switch yeah when that when we fun. first pulled up the minutes to watch them for the first time andrew was really excited that we got map it, I mean, because he loves uh, maps maps can be so good <laughs> we uh I actually have, like, complaints about this map, but it is a, a beautifully rendered map. I just think it's a little too crisp for, like, these people to be using it. Like, inside, inside the cave. waterfall cave? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Carried around yeah. and unfolded on a table by a ranger who spends his right. time in the wilderness? Yeah. Also, it's kind of, like, weirdly paced, the way that Faramir's talking through all this stuff. It's, like, I'm pretty sure you're, you're like, your lieutenant knows all of this Faramir. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows where... Isengard and Mordor are. You don't need to point, like, at Big Mordor. Yeah, I'm right. sure he can also read. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're coming from Mordor. Tap, tap. <laughs> tap, tap, tap. But people do that with maps. They tap things. I know. They say them. I, I But it's, it's a little bit weird. And he, like, he, like, taps and then lifts his finger and then taps and instead of, like, dragging. Usually, yeah, when you're like, watching Like, I would probably drag maps, a lot more. He would more. drag more to kind of show a path. Kind yeah, of. but they're probably like, don't drag your finger across this map. <laughs> it's it's too valuable. You can tap parts that don't have ink. <laughs> yep. Now it's probably still wet. <laughs> it looks pretty freshly pressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, and it's it really is very like, thick. It doesn't even quite look like paper. It's very glossy. No, it, I don't think it's got a gloss to it. It's it's like parchment. Or it's textured. But, it's got yeah. like yeah. Is it, it supposed to be quite like, a, like paper yeah. to me? It, I think it's too smooth for, like, parchment. Yeah. But yeah. maybe, like, a vellum kind of thing. Maybe. Yeah. But like we were saying, like... Like, yeah. almost leathery. Considering where they are and what they do, it shouldn't be this crisp and new looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, those folds don't even look that firmly creased. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, it's I thought clean. about folding it, so I kind of folded it, sort of. <laughs> like, I couldn't think of a word for, like, not quite folded it, like, gently folded. Like, I kind of... <laughs> I kind of just laid it, it over. Yeah, bent. That's, <laughs> just like that's a good tucking word. the map into bed. Like, gently <laughs> folding it. <laughs> uh, I have another, like, inconsistency note about this, too. Because mm-hmm. Faramir is the one that captures Frodo and Sam. But he, like, talks to them in this minute like he has never seen them before. Or at least I, that's how I read it. Like, my men tell me you're orcish spies. It's like, dude, you're the one who caught them. Like, you saw them. Like, you had yeah. a little soliloquy about <laughs> yeah. the nature of war. Right. Yeah. That soliloquy is not in the theatrical. True. But he, he, you see him, though, in the theatrical. Yeah, but. Because he, he says, take he, them. Like, he yeah. says, like, 
I don't know. Bind their hands. Yeah, bind their hands or whatever. It just, like, jumps directly to that. Yeah. So, like, he doesn't really interact with them much. He's just like, oh, bind their hands. But even though, like, I don't know. I guess if all he says is bind their hands. But you would think with the extended, including him, like, interacting with Frodo and Sam before, you would, like... Yeah. But, like, some of the scenes that are going to get dropped back into the extended, they're... They are what they are. Like, they can't refilm them. They're not going to recut the... They can't, like, change the takes. No, they just, just are what the, they are. This, yeah. This bit. But they just put this scene... They just dropped the scene whole hog into the movie. Yeah. I I like that they have, like, these full face blindfolds. Really, it hides the hides the stunt double. <laughs> hides the scale double. But I think it's, I think it's a, a, like, a good thing to think about because, like, if you have a blindfold just over your eyes, it's like you can sometimes see a little bit out the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. this seems like like pretty like military. It's like no, we're not taking chances. We're not that concerned if they have trouble breathing. We really just want to keep things secret. See, I think it's because they only had human sized blindfolds to put on people, <laughs> <laughs> and and a human sized blindfold on a Hobbit is a face fold. Yeah, it just covers his whole face because this scene like reestablishes the scale of the Hobbits. Because yes. it's been a little while. Yeah, they do. I mean, they like take a little bit of time to say, like, here's what hobbits look like in, in you know, the world of men. Like, they're making a point of showing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, It looks pretty good. It's not perfect. Like, I can kind of see that there's, you know, some effect happening. But yeah. it's pretty good. It's not like that Bilbo shot from Fellowship. Nope. <laughs> Where it's just like, oh, that that's a green screen. Yeah, it's very obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one is like, okay, that's pretty good. You know, it's a little weird because you don't think about it that often because they don't have shots like this in most of the movie because, like, right. the hobbits are usually on their own. So you don't have to think about it much. Mm-hmm. It's good to reestablish their size, though, because, like, it's been, what did we decide? Like, 25 minutes since we last saw Sam and Frodo? Yeah, something like that. So it's been a while. So, yeah, we reintroduced the Hobbits. Reintroduced the scale, because the scale of, like, Merry and Pippin to Treebeard doesn't tell you anything as a viewer. Right, because Treebeard's not a real thing. (laughs) Yeah. He's a fantasy creature. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, seeing the Hobbits with people establishes the scale for you again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My guards tell me you are orcish spies. I like how, um, like, vulnerable they look in in the, that wide shot where they're, the camera's slowly pulling out and you see them. Like, they're so completely out of their element in this, mm-hmm. like, bat cave or whatever it is. Yeah, so, like, even, that even moment, untied, they look mm-hmm. captured. Yeah. That moment, like, weirdly gives me, like, Studio Ghibli vibes of, like, seeing your main character in a foreign space vulnerable in that way. Yeah. Like, from Spirited Away. I'm getting, like, weird, like, Spirited Away vibes from the way that that moment is framed. Yeah. I get what you mean. Yeah. I've never thought about it that way, but I get what you mean. Faramir's interrogation. I always feel like Faramir is posturing in this moment, and it really doesn't feel like authentic Faramir. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, this moment, he's like... I'm going to I'm going to walk in. I'm going to be all smooth. I'm going to say that they might be orcish spies. This is going to go my way. And I'm like this isn't like Faramir-ish. Faramir's gonna... more sincere and this feels insincere. It's like it's like he's trying to 
he's trying to be Boromir in this moment or something. Oh, that just makes the interaction like more sad. Yeah, that makes like next minute sad, <laughs> even sadder. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can kind of see why he would. Um, like it makes sense why he's trying to play this part. Yeah, why he's why he would be more like Boromir in this, um, like setting, mm-hmm. and stuff. But like, I feel like if if he knew more that Frodo and and Sam knew Boromir and stuff, he wouldn't be exactly like this. But mm-hmm. I mean, Faramir doesn't have a threatening persona, and yeah, so when like he does it, dog. it. Yeah, it's like it's like no, Faramir's like a nice guy. Like he's 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 too sweet for this kind of battle, this kind of yeah. war. And That's so why... when he tries to like play the role of being built for this war, it's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, Faramir, you're <laughs> you're not going to scare anyone. Like you are not the person to do interrogations. It's not convincing." That's why I'm kind of thrown off by the Faramir we see next week and the week after when he's like uh, when he finds Gollum, because it's it's just so, especially like in the context of the flashback. I'm so excited. It's the beginning of flashback week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, they're kind of like all over the place with Faramir, and I'm I'm not 100 percent sure that I like it. I think they're doing that intentionally, though. Like the flashback Faramir and Faramir in the next movie is pretty consistent. Between those two parts. So I feel like Faramir at this point has lost his way. And something about this movie, like his character development is returning to himself. Okay. Um, like he, he is trying to be what he isn't. And then by the end of this movie, he's kind of like renewed and, and going back to like, no, Boromir kind of believed in what I used to be. This Frodo guy and Sam kind of believe in what I really am. I should go back to that. And by the time you get to Return of the King... And he sees like Pippin. He's like, okay, I'm 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 Faramir as I always should be. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, more hobbits. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I see these guys. Well, I'm glad I'm myself now. <laughs> where did where did this one come from? <laughs> Why are there so many hobbits in Gondor all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> so many. There's like literally one. <laughs> Well, the, they're in Gondor. Are they in Gondor proper at this point? Or does he take them into Gondor to get to Osgiliath? I think I, they were on the outskirts when they were captured. And then I don't know where Faramir's hideout is in relation to mm-hmm. Osgiliath. So they, so they might be within the borders. Yeah. Yeah. I think technically everything up into the mountain range is technically within the border of Gondor anyway. Not that they can control the stuff on the other side of the river very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But the okay, northern, so, the road so north is on two... the opposite side of the river, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. So, at some point, there might be as many as three before the finale, depending on how far into Mordor Frodo and Sam get before Pippin gets to Gondor. That's true. Yeah, but and before Mary gets to Gondor. Yeah. Yeah. But at no point are there all four of them until after they get to the finale, right? Right, until yeah, the coronation. coronation. Yeah. And then that's when I cry. God, that feels like so long. It's so far away. 
Oh, man. It's so far well, away. Well, when you're doing it minute by minute, yeah, it's far <laughs> away. <laughs> this was a mistake. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, like, just the question my men tell me you are orcish spies. Like, Faramir knows that that is nonsense. They yeah, it's like, Faramir, like... trust your trust your gut. These are not orc spies. Use your eyes. These are... <laughs> we have decided you are not orcs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when he's like, you guys are orcish spies. Or... And, and Sam gets all defensive. He's like, spies? He's not offended about being an orc. He's offended about being a spy. <laughs> I know, he gets all huffy. He puffs his chest out. He's like, spies? They, they we're, we're not like spies. Orcs, we don't so... spy. Yeah. We don't sneak. I think he's Sam, still you're only in this movie because you were spying. Yeah, I think he's That's why still he's so like, really salty about... <laughs> eavesdropping i wasn't dropping no eaves (laughs) yes you were samwise kimchi (laughs) like yeah so maybe he's really sensitive about you know being considered a spy because of that it's like spying's what got me into this i'll never do it again (laughs) (laughs) that's perfect that is that is perfect for me poor sam but but it's weird that like they don't balk at being orcs it's just the spice. He's like, spice, wait a second now. Well, well, maybe maybe it's because they're like, really? Have you looked at us? Like, we look nothing like well, orcs. But also, like, but... It, it's funny that he would be upset about spice because, like, I mean, this might be dipping into too much D&D. Like, halflings are good at spying. Yes. Like, they have high stealth. That's their thing. So, it would be a good choice to be a spy. I mean, But like... is Sam just too honest for it? <laughs> I mean, Frodo, or not Frodo, but Bilbo was a burglar, which is kind of like a spy, mm-hmm. so... He was not a burglar by choice. <laughs> he was bamboozled um, into burgling. He was. Well, and so now He was shoved in a hole think... and told to be sneaky. That's, <laughs> that's not um, well, quite the so same. Now I'm thinking, like, from a D&D perspective, Sam is, like, a very bad halfling for D&D. <laughs> because, D- like, D&D halflings best. are... Sneaky and typically rogues and conniving. Well, they they can be. I like like there's a level of D and D race. So, but they I'm there's like, sort of like an inherent level of like trickery that goes into halflings in D and D. Like they're good at gambling. They're lucky. Yeah, they're good yeah. at they're good at sleight of hand. They're good at being sneaky. And it's like right. They're literally lucky. It goes on the goes on the sheet. I can't <laughs> imagine Sam gambling effectively ever like imagine <laughs> sam's poker face because we actually do see it in this week yes. like imagine playing cards against sam and if he gets three aces what's his face gonna say <laughs> but like we also mentioned that he he's in this movie because because he was he, sneaking he was he was but he was being bad a at spy but he, but he was, was really bad, bad at it, at it. he made yeah. noise <laughs> So, like, I mean, if you were going to be build fair, Sam as, as a D&D character, you have to, like, decrease his stealth. Oh. To be fair because to Sam. Because he falls off big rocks and yeah. he, he makes noise he at the window. A, he doesn't have a really good dex modifier. Like, no, he's, he's got a 10. Oh. Straight average. Does he, like, take a negative? No, he just puts an there? 8 there and then he gets his plus 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, but Sam would have probably, like, really good constitution. Like better than average constitution, I think. Mm-hmm. He's he's pretty hardy. Yeah, he's a tough little halfling. He's and a gardener, smarter and, and wiser than the average halfling. Yeah, 
I don't know just if a, I would a, say a, smarter. I would definitely say wiser. Okay. He's got he's got a good danger sense. He's got a good <laughs> yeah, he's got a high perception. Good sense of when things are about to go wrong. <laughs> but it, like not a typical halfling from a role playing perspective. Mm-hmm. No. And so I would it, say I would say like yeah. a typical halfling from like a D and D perspective would be like Merry or Pippin. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like a little bit of mischief, a little bit yeah. of you know we're gonna dance and carouse and drink. Mm-hmm. And, like, Sam's a little more quiet than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's a simple gardener. <laughs> all he wants to do... Well, that's tomorrow. All he wants to do is look at his wife and hang out with plants. <laughs> <laughs> all, he, all he wants to do is admire Rosie and grow roses. Aww. That's Aww. That's, that's too sweet. But uh, I think, to be fair to Sam, we have to, we have to remember... Gandalf is like an epic level character. <laughs> and he's just, wait a second, someone is outside. Yeah. Um just by virtue of his level, he's just like, oh, the the NPC is trying to sneak up on me. Um and it's interesting that after like this outrage from Sam to the next question, he defers completely to Frodo about whether or not they're gonna tell him this or that. Like, he's like, Frodo, you decide what we tell him. Mm-hmm. Like, he's okay being outraged about being spies, but he's not going to, like, say anything else. <laughs> he's really deferential. And, and I know that it's kind of dipping into later minutes, but he he's, but like you were saying, he's also surprised by what Frodo Frodo's says. saying. Like, I think he's surprised that Frodo chooses to tell him so much, and then also surprised that at that point, Frodo also chooses to lie. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. some tomorrow stuff. Yeah. I just well, Sam's then what so are great. you then? Where are you from? And Sam just looks at Frodo. I'm like, <laughs> uh, what do you want to tell him? But I think that wraps up this minute because we have more Sam stuff for tomorrow, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are all from the website duelinggenre.com. Uh. Check us out there. Check out uh, Andrew and Castro's podcast. Andrew also works for um, Protagonist Podcast, which you can find on the site. Um, Mm -hmm. So check those out. And uh, support us on Patreon if you haven't already. Um, And special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Ed Foster. I hope everyone has a good Monday and we'll be back tomorrow to talk more about some Frodo. Bye.